What's up, yo? Thanks for tuning in Asian Bitches Down Under, the podcast all about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diaspora point of view in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show via Apple, Google or Spotify or any podcast platform of your choice. And we welcome our listeners to support our show by sending us comments, give us review and share our podcast with your fellow podcast lovers. Make sure you check out the episode's show notes for any collaborations we are working with to promote. Thanks again and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. It is a hot Friday. Helen, I just rode my bike into the city for a meeting with oh, a yeah. colleague and um, uh-huh. the, I swear I coughed so much and my eyes were singing because like the air was so hot and humid. Like I literally yeah, had very humid today. bits of pieces of le- leaves and sticks coming in at my face. Um, <laughs> and I feel bad coughing in public because people think I have yeah, COVID, I but I'm like, no, it's just literally like hay fever and all that shit. I know, this year's hay fever is extremely bad for me as well. Yeah, right, yeah. Because I have con- constant nasal congestions mm. and I cough and mm. I've got scratchy throats. Yeah, and I just did another COVID test over the week. Oh my gosh. Because there was an, an alert. I don't know if our listeners know, but do you know the New South Wales service app? Mm. Uh, it shows that where you have been if you checked in through QR code. Yeah. But they don't give you a notification if there's a COVID alert. Yeah. You have to, to literally go into yeah. the app and check it yourself. Manually. Wow, I did not know that. So I I was just randomly, honestly, was just randomly checking it at the beginning of the week. And I noticed, <laughs> for fuck's sake, the first time I went, I'm going to Kmart mm. after like almost five months. Of no gap. Kmart. <laughs> yeah, of no Kmart. There was a COVID case. <laughs> And there was a cover case, yeah. yeah. So I was kind of anxious. I went to do a test and they said that, oh, it's just monitored your symptoms. Mm. But I was just really worried. So I went in to do a test and of course it came out as negative. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good to be, you know, more cautious than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not yeah. a time to be lax, people. Yeah, I know because they're really easing the restrictions now. Yeah. And yeah. I think... People become more complacent now. I mean, I don't really follow what's happening on daily basis mm, now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I have been having a pretty swell week, as always. Is that your dog in the background? No, that's not my dog. Oh, that's okay. a neighbor's yeah, dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have been watching you with a couple of friends, uh, season three, uh, which is set in suburbia. I think it's really good. Uh, if if anything, uh, the house in which they live in is and the kitchen is stunning to look at. Um, uh, speaking of kitchens, you know how I'm addicted to AD home open home videos where celebrities open Architectural Digest. They have those oh, videos. Really? Yeah, <laughs> um, I would like to write an essay about how um, nice. something about the politics of AD videos. Anyway, um, this week they released Vanessa Hudgens. You know mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens, High yes. School Musical. Yeah, and mm-hmm. also um, also coming out with Netflix's The Princess Switch Part 3, which um, even though I'm in my 30s, I'm completely in love with <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens and also those corny, cheesy, princess-like um, Netflix films that are literally their target audience is like 12-year-old girls. But I'm unapologetic <laughs> in my love for them. Um, yeah, so she released an AD video. She had a pretty cool house. I feel like all mm-hmm. those celebrities have stylists who style their homes. Um, yeah, they pay people do, to do everything yeah, for them. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. 
Yeah. What would be the like the target for your essay if you're gonna write an yeah, essay? Yeah, I can't about it. It's a focus. I don't know something about our obsession with the domestic luxuriousness of celebrities, and something also about how I really I don't know I I, I can't find an angle. I just know that I mm. am obsessed with AD videos, and there's something that I want to explore there. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't find an angle. Uh huh. I think the obsession of humans towards interior, exterior, or whatever—it's mm. pretty much based on capitalism again, because mm. it's just—it's almost as a show of uh, presenting how much that your worth, your yeah. worthiness, yeah, yeah, yeah. your value mm. through those exterior and materialistic presentations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I would like to. I I feel like I've been thinking about it for a while, and I feel like maybe I need to talk through it with you, Helen, off the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. I see it as like a um some essay that interrogates our like middle class obsession with um the domestic house space and something about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I really haven't thought of. It. I really haven't been able to really hone in on an angle it is a bit difficult i think apart from the representation on the angle of capitalism i think you could probably think about why people need on something that's external you know, to compensate certain things I, yeah yeah i think um yeah. i'm more intrigued about the public's obsession with um videos that enter some very famous person's like domestic space that's what i'm really fascinated by you know like the the sort of the like it used to be that we had celebrities were kind of and famous people actors were they Mm -hmm. had public persona image and then they had their private area and then it seems to be through instagram and tiktok and you know social media now that there is that barrier is now completely disintegrated and mm-hmm. and they can sort of welcome their fans strangers into their, into their yeah like yeah. like i'm thinking like if i was a celebrity a celebrity i probably wouldn't want to even show you know strangers around the globe my bedroom but mm-hmm. most of these ad videos and the celebrities show people their bedrooms um, which I think is the most like private area. I don't know why they would be comfortable doing that. Probably because they don't actually sleep there. Who knows? Um, the only video I know where the celebrity um, denies the viewer access into their bedroom is Dakota Johnson, who's like w- I've watched that eighty video of Dakota Johnson about mm-hmm. five thousand times. I love that woman, <laughs> even though yes, I get it. She's like got super par- famous parents. I have I have a bit of a thing against. I'm a bit. Got, I, maybe I know I shouldn't have this, but I'm a bit bias against um people whose parents just just happen to be very famous and uh, so i know that they had opportunities already uh, yeah and pathways yeah yeah, exactly established Mm -hmm. for them that made that that made their ascension into fame and into positions Mm -hmm. of like um uh getting cast in a role was like so much easier than say like someone who Mm -hmm. didn't have famous parents so really quickly i'm thinking about like um margaret quelly or quelly you know whose mum is um what's her name, Andy McDowell, and now she's, like, super famous. Oh, yeah. 
because I'm made, which I just don't don't rate at all. I don't know what what the fuss is all about. I don't think it's that good. <laughs> I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, this is kind of boring. Another one is Kaya Gerbra, whose mum is Cindy Crawford, but I think she's actually really lovely and she's mm. uh, obviously super fucking stunning. Um, but yeah, um, I'm kind of bi- it's just a, just in the same way that when I meet someone and if they're like ludicrously attractive unlike uh, at a party I'm I tend to not be interested in what they have to say just because I'm you probably had like they they're someone who's naturally moved in a body where for most of their life they can walk into a room and they'll already garner the attention based on their looks Mm -hmm. and so like I this is like obviously me me being luxist I'm the opposite of luxist um at a party I'm much more interested in finding conversations with people who probably look more like me who you know who don't look like Kaya Gerbra oh also Helen this week I have to say I don't know if I told you at last week's podcast I've Mm -hmm. become quite obsessed with Emma Chamberlain who's a Uh YouTuber um YouTube sensation apparently according to Hayley Bieber so uh Emma Chamberlain is a 20 year old I can't believe she's 20 but she's been on YouTube making videos for years and it's very similar to the kind of YouTube stars that we you and I had talked about live streamers from China. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's kind of like yeah. that, but, you know, American. Mm-hmm. And she's also obsessed with coffee. I've become quite obsessed with her videos this week, and there's something about her, because all of her videos, unlike stupid David Dobrik, who I just think is <laughs> he's a prankster, um, Emma Emma Chamberlain, she um, all her videos are by herself. She's like her being alone in LA, her being alone in New York, and kind of like just talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. And I remember during the week I was texting you, Helen, about how a yes. lot of these YouTubers, are they come out on, in their video saying that they're anxious and they're on anxiety pills and all that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do they, how, do, how are they okay with having, a, like, I think Emma has about like 11 million uh, followers on followers. YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, how are they able to do that with anxiety? And you said, tell me, tell us uh... what you said. You said um, I sometimes they're people... Pro- they're probably more comfortable... More comfortable in front of a, a camera, camera where yeah. they can see they where they cannot see a a group of audience yeah right whereas you know in our like back in our generation we have performers where you have to do a lot of live um performance interactions let's say even yeah um Stand up, stand up comedians, where you have to have interactions, yeah, um, with yeah. the audience, and you're faced with a group of audience up to hundred thousands, that will probably gives you a bit more nervousness or anxiety, you know, the stage fright. But whereas you say having only a video in front of you, you probably don't have to feel that way yeah when no, you don't I feel that way yeah yeah I but just at the same time I, I do feel like the over usage of saying that the word I anxiety have, yes yeah it's pretty much overused I think yeah yeah a lot, I think a lot of people also self-diagnose and like Helen and mm. I are not denying people mental you know it's a real mental condition it's not. in the DLC yeah. DSM D-O-N, D-S-M, yeah, it's a real thing, we get it. Um, but, yeah, I kind of agree that it is a very loose term now that young millennials, mm. young, young Gen Z, Gen Y, sorry, um, people are throwing around more casually perhaps than, you know, you and I used to. Now, boomer years, that's what your son calls us, <laughs> boomers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but um, I also found it very fascinating that um, I was pulled towards these videos, uh, also of, like, young, pretty women just 
going about their days. Like there's even this um, woman called Michelle Cho, C-H-O-I, I think. Yeah, she makes videos of her um, solo living. And I think she lives in L.A. But like sh- these people are like, they don't like, I think she's, I didn't know about Emma, but there was a, sorry, not Emma, um, Michelle. But there's this um, couple of other YouTube women I've noticed. They're just like normal people. Like um, one of them is like a, a nursing student. And they just happen to like mm-hmm. post videos of themselves. Um, they would put a, the camera on this on somewhere and would watch them mm-hmm. make the bed in like um, yeah. fast time. Yeah. And we're watching them putting on makeup. And I'm like, why am I watching this? Why am I sucked into this? Like it's completely... It, but it's so weird because it makes me feel like it's a bit comforting to be honest. Like just watching um, a very pretty person doing mm-hmm. mundane things. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, the, the sort of um, currency for what one requires to get eyeballs um, in is just so low. Like, as long as you're pretty and you make yourself up, you will get people watching your videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happens when we were doing the episode on live streamers in China, mm. that the agents are actually saying that these live streamers are becoming more popular than the actual celebrities. They're actually earning more now. I think it's... Uh, it's a human nature. I don't. I'm assuming that it's a human nature that people likes to look into other people's life. That's why we mm. have tabloids talking mm. about gossip, and we have um, paparazzi's trying to take photos of the celebrities' private life. Or used to. Or what? Yeah. Or used yeah. to. Or what they're getting up to. And nowadays, with the isolation of COVID I guess a lot of people around the globe are isolated either by themselves or with their family who they're just sick of they want to look into other people's lives exactly and having someone who's good looking Mm. probably will cheer them up yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right make them make them feel like they're close to them. Yeah, there's some sort of affinity. Of li- yeah, affinity, affinity yeah, exactly. To, to someone who's like completely actually, their lives are probably so different to us. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it's a sort of, I hate this word, but it's relatability, I guess. It's quite yes. comforting for like norms, normies out there, like, you know, me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I find it so fascinating. This mm-hmm. Because like I found after two days of watching Emma Chamberlain I've suddenly <laughs> oh God, thought yeah okay. I suddenly thought like I, I felt I thought like she was like I began to think if we she and I met in real life we'd probably be friends kind of thing and I was like oh my mm. god that's exactly why people are pulled into her she's so kind of like down to earth and crazy but who knows that might mm-hmm. also be a performance you know everything captured these days on visual um in the through the visual media is performative you know um, yeah, you do wonder whether or not it's really genuine or yeah, otherwise. Yeah, so It's just trying to grab the followers' attention. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm. Yeah, it's such a kind of exhausting kind of way of living, to be honest. I, I don't know how they do it. Um, other than that, like, um, I know you said that you were finishing, books-wise, you were finishing um, Barracuda. Barracuda. Yeah, yeah Your um, Sauce Chocolates. Uh, final 100 pages is just kind of dragging because it's a 400-plus pages novel mm. um, yeah I'm also reading I'm actually, a very long uh-huh. book that I'm struggling <laughs> struggling through it's uh Brendan Cowell who's most famous famously known of two Australians as an actor uh he mm. wrote a book about 11 years ago called um how how it feels and now I'm reviewing this book for SMH so I okay. can't say too much but I'm not going to say details but um I am struggling to finish it oh, no. <laughs> not saying <laughs> anything just... beyond that 
Maybe you just stop watching Emma's YouTube. Emma Chamberlain? Yeah, She's yeah. so addictive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, on my part, um, I've listened to a new podcast program this week. Unfortunately, it's in Chinese, but I really want to share. No, you mean fortunately. Oh, I wish, you know, maybe some of the listeners can listen to it if, if they understand Chinese. It's Jiang Xun's Art on... Uh, Aesthetics. I mm-hmm. can never pronounce that word properly. Um, so he talks about this. He's a scholar in Taiwan and an academic that writes about aesthetics of arts, body, and loneliness. And I think earlier this year, or maybe uh, the end of last year, we share a TED video of him talking about loneliness. Oh yeah. And I, I'm absolutely drawn to his voice. He's like. Um, What's his name? Uh, Rickman's voice in Chinese. Okay. Alan Rickman. Yeah, oh, he's, okay. he's like essentially the Chinese Alan Rickman. Uh-huh. <laughs> I tried to look, think of his name, but uh, yeah. kind Snape. of came up. Yeah, Snape. Yeah, Snape. That's right. Yeah. Um, so he started a podcast. I think was last month, and the first three episodes was on the aesthetics of body human body mm-hmm. he started talking about the uh, from the pers- perspectives of the greek ancient greek um, arts on human body the olympics how the history of olympics is pretty much that you bear your body you be naked mm. and you do all those competitions mm. and then he went on to other episodes about indians um perception on the aesthetics of human body through yoga mm. Uh, in comparison of how Greeks' idea are more outward as as in external, you have competitions mm. to express the ways of how your body is presented. Mm. But whereas yoga, it's a competition of your own self. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. So I thought the podcast was really great. And one thing that he emphasized on was questioning how um, in Chinese culture, Confu- uh, Confucianism, that we never really talked about human body. And he spoke about Chinese art as well. Most of the time, a lot of Chinese arts, human portraits are bodies that is being wrapped, as in totally covered. Yeah, Because right. Confucianism considers that showing flesh is a taboo. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's great that Helen, you have, you can, you know, you're actually completely bilingual, which means, which allows you to access, you know, different ideas from literally a different culture, like without mm. the sort of, the, without the potential for misinterpretation through kind of translate translators, I guess. Um, and I guess this is a good segue for us to turn um, mm-hmm. to, to today um, into our main topic. Now, this week, um, uh, Princess Mako, Mako, who is um, 30 years old, she finally married her um, boyfriend, who she met in 2012. <laughs> finally. Yeah, 2012 um, at Tokyo Christian University, I believe, or something like that. Um, and uh, the guy's name is Kai. Um, Kumura or something and um, so they were engaged about four, four or five years ago 2007 mm-hmm. I mean 2017 yeah, what is yeah. that four years ago mm-hmm. and uh, four years ago and then yeah. it was delayed like the marriage was delayed because of a lot of different reasons mostly because he is known as a 
quote unquote commoner. Um, because in um in the monarchy in Japan, if you're a woman um in the imperial family, you're not allowed to marry outside, and if you do, then you have to exit the royal family,、mm-hmm. which she has.、Yeah. And all of them had. If you look at、yeah. the, well, I was doing the research for this episode.、Mm. Um, I looked up the family tree of the imperial family,、uh, imperial families,、uh, like a family tree chart. Yeah. And you cannot see any of the daughters, the woman who has married out of the family. As in, oh, of course you're gonna marry it out, but they do not. Stay in the family. Displayed. Yeah, they they're not visually displayed in the family chart. Why? It's all the prints. Well, once they're married, they're taken up there. It's a very patriarchal society, of course. It's a,、uh, almost like everywhere that they taken up their husband's surname, so they're not longer a part of their own family.、Mm. I assume that they still keep in connection、mm. and you know with their family,、mm. but the title and all the royal、um, positions are not longer with them. Yeah, yeah. rescinded. So yeah, so. Now we call it is known that she's formerly、uh, a princess Mako. She's the first、yeah. child and the elder daughter of Prince Fumihito, which is、uh, I think he's either in second or the third in line of the throne. Yeah. Because his older brother is, yeah, the, is the emperor.、King. Yeah, the emperor. Yeah, emperor now. Yeah. Um, but his brother, the emperor, does not have a male heir. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. They have literally. Most of them only、uh, fem princesses left in the family,、mm. and only one potential younger male heir, which is Princess Mako's younger brother. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I knew that yeah, he, she had a sister, but yeah, she ha- she has a sister. Oh, she, I didn't know she had a brother, a little brother. A little brother is fifteen years old.、Oh, I was、really? just talking to、wow. my friend the other day. Yeah, that、uh, she told me that her daughter's watching. A bachelor prince kind of the European show、yeah. with a prince looking for it's a bachelor type of show, but、mm. prince prince or princess is looking for their partners,、mm. and and I jokingly said that oh maybe your daughters consider can consider the the Japanese prince because they're about the similar age. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So why is it so controversial?、Um, the marriage. The marriage.、Yeah. Firstly, who is Okumura Kai, so he is uh he, Princess Mako's uh、Now. college sweetheart. Yeah, they, that's what they call him. During, yeah, yeah, they met at this、they、event during... in two thousand and twelve、uh, for students who were interested in overseas study.、Mm-hmm. I think that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she went on to study in pretty sure it was Edinburgh. I don't、oh, have it in、okay. my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot of these kids. About a year. A lot of these kids. Um. Go overseas, hey! These famous,、mm-hmm. like royal, they're so famous in their home country, but like in the West, nobody knows them. Like I'm thinking, the um, I, I know I'm jumping ahead. Um, Marco and Kai are now gonna relocate to New York because the guy's a lawyer and he's got a job in、mm-hmm. at a New York law firm. I'm thinking, how many、yeah. New Yorkers will know them? Probably zero.、Yeah. So he studied in the Fordham、uh, Law School. Yeah,、uh, that I'm actually quite like how NPR's pieces used. Non-royal rather than commoner to describe him. Oh yeah, because I think commoner is really mean. Yeah, I know exactly. I mean, up until now, we're still using the word commoner. It's、mm. like funny how. Yeah. Yeah, it's what twenty twenty one. You still have this such a division between、mm. the royal family and the rest、yeah. of the citizens. Yeah. So the reason that they held their engagement for so long 
firstly was because he's a commoner. They say not us. And I don't see why they use the word commoner because、oh, he's just, a lawyer. Well, it's, yeah, it's I, I, know, I know that because he's not royalty. Also,、yeah. it's just in it's used in brackets, like as in it's、mm-hmm. quote like,、uh, and and also, I think places like the BBC used it only because it probably gets more clicks. That's all. Mm-hmm. So according to the tabloid in Japan, the public has found that Mr. Kumura was unsuitable mainly because he's suspicious about his family backgrounds. They were Firstly, suspicious. He, yeah, they were suspicious about his background. Firstly, he is from a single mother family.、Uh, they get so much stigmatized in Japan. Yeah, everywhere, you... everywhere actually. <laughs> But more, more from, from more if you're from single、Asian. mother. Yeah, in yeah, Asian cultures. Yeah. yeah. And his mother was widowed when his father died, and then there was an entanglement of relationship with a man who later accused her of not paying back thirty six thousand dollars in debt.、Mm. Uh, Mr. Kumura and his mother say that they believe the money was a gift. So I'm sure that I'm guessing I'm guessing it's a miscommunication.、Mm. But after a public roar, even、uh, Prince Akishino, which is、uh, Mako's father,、mm. asked Mr. Kumura to explain the situation. He actually delivered a twenty-eight page document earlier this year in detailing the financial arrangement and how it will be resolved. Jesus, so, it's not even to do with him; it's to his like mother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But、um, in Asian marriage concept, when you're marrying someone, you're marrying the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、And、especially、totally. if you're if you're involved with a person from the imperial family. Yeah. So it's huge. Yeah. At the same time, the Japan's royal fam, royal family, and also the, especially the women, are held ruthlessly to standards of you know not only by the press and also the public.、Mm. There was news report about even on the day of their went to the registry to register the marriage, there was a protest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I saw <laughs>、so、that、stupid. too. Yeah, about a hundred people were protesting、um, against、yeah. the marriage. Weird. Really weird. I, I mean, they sure. I'm sure they had their reasons. So, according to New York Times, they say that Japanese society still treats women as a second-class citizen. Married couples are not legally allowed to have separate last names. A system that, in practice, means most women take their husbands' names, and women are still underrepresented in management, in parliament, and at the country's prestigious universities. Women who Protest their unfair treatment or advocate for equal rights are often are often considered to be stepping out the line. The kind of criticism hurled at Princess Mako on social media echoes the treatment of women who have spoke、uh, spoken out about sexual assault or even work workplace rules about wearing high heels.、Um, and especially in imperial family, the women's are expected to adhere to the values of an earlier era. So、mm. they're. Pretty much expected to follow a lot of traditional rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you're gonna dive into the sort of、um, Confucius historical bent to it, but I'm just loosely thinking. You think about like the way Megan Markle was completely fucked over by the media just because she's got a black mom, you know, and、mm. Megan Markle was not even like she's like she even performs the sort of quote unquote acceptable. Um, you know, thin body,、um, nice. She, you know, nice kind of demeanor. Appearance. Yeah, appearance-wise, yeah. she's perfect. Um, but she was attacked because you know her parents. I think her parents divorced. Or no, no, not her parents divorced. She was once married. She was once、yeah. married. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm thinking about Kate Middleton, who I just think, oh, 
I have no time for someone like that. Like, she is someone who, like, has completely folded herself into the perfect cardboard model of the, yes, the, I agree. the sort of like the expectations of the of, male of gaze the, in the patriar- patriarchy society of the kind of perfect she's like the most um perfect real life embodiment of what we usually think of as the princess or a queen mm-hmm. and it's just so fucking boring you know but she she probably has like she she has played that game very well mm-hmm. um and i guess yeah helen you're going to talk now about how in japan a lot of these pressures the the monarchy of the Japanese um, when it comes to women and their role it's very much um, structured and mandated around the these Confucius ideologies right yeah that's what I'm guessing and through our discussion during the week you said that you feel really sad when you watch that press conference because yeah. they literally didn't have a wedding at all they just went to go to the registry and register their um, marriage and that's it. And because yeah. to avoid any public outcry, they hire the um, they hire a room or somewhere using their own money. So to avoid people saying that oh you're using tax payers yeah. money or yeah, that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Um, and you said that when you were watching that press conference video, she had a blank expression yeah. and it's really sad. Yeah. And her voice um, was like high pitched. Not that that matters. <laughs> and. I just thought that it's because a lot of traditional ideas about how women should behave is that you need to constrain your freedom to express of yourself, both physically and emotionally. It's very feudalistic to think that, sorry, it is very conservative way of trying to uh, make the woman not to have any expressions at all. And they think that women should not to have a lot of opinion or women should just follow the way that they were given. And women are scared. I'm sure that women are in a, in a lot of Asian communities are fearful of expressing their opinions. Firstly, because women are subject to more harshly when they become more vocal. Mm. Yeah, you know, they're mm. called aggressive, loud, etc. Mm. And when I was reading Barracuda this morning, yeah, I, I made a connection of Barracuda and the novel Pachinko that I read earlier last month. And with your mentioning the blank expression of Princess Mako, is that yeah. they in both novels they uh, it had indicated that the character's mother. Uh-huh. Um, there were, I'm going to quote here, rarely smiled or never seen, saw her smile at home. Wait, wait, are you it quoting just, from Christos Chokas' book or are you quoting from... Yeah, yeah, from both Pachinko and Barracuda, there, right. there's a line saying that they never saw their mother smiled. Both of them. So, yeah, both of them. It's it's like a reality for many women of colour yeah. that they're either constricted by the conservative ideas that you shouldn't show any emotions or they're pure or they're, or they're basically just afraid of the patriarch of the household that they they can't they, they don't have the happy emotion at all mm. yeah i'm actually admire princess marco of taking the step out of making this this decision uh even though that she still sees quite um i don't know i, I can't i can't even find a word mm. even though that she still seems very traditional mm. as in 
the the way from her actions and her、mm. behaviors. <laughs> I was just thinking that maybe she should learn from the King Maha of Thailand. Have you seen the、um, photos of him wearing tank tops and having fake tattoos? Really, in Germany? Wow, <laughs> so、okay. outrageous! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so rebellious. Yeah, yeah. Some of the articles had made comparison with Meghan and Harry. Yeah, I just thought, ooh, yeah. Why did you have that reaction? I just thought that they're a lot more low key,、mm. Marco and her new husband. Because、mm. um, even during the Tuesday afternoon, where she made the press conference, she said that she has no plan to give any media interviews.、Mm. She and she hoped just to lead a peaceful life with my new environment. Yeah, that's nice. She gonna... just sounds already very mature. Yeah, I'm gonna go to New York and find her, and then we're gonna be friends. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. doesn't sound like she's going to、um, go on Oprah anytime soon and <laughs>、yeah. give all. Exactly,、exclusive. that's what I was. That's what I mean. Yeah,、mm. yeah. So it's just a very different attitude. I think she's very low key. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. And the media is trying to make it big. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think the richest people on earth probably like we don't even know their names because if you do,、yeah. or like you know, it'll just be dangerous for them. You know. Mhm. Yeah. I think she should be self-sufficient enough. When your husband's a lawyer, and she's、mm. possibly oh, we didn't mention that her background is museum studies, so she、oh, worked in museums、that. before. Okay. And most likely, what you know, the media are suspecting is that she will be working somewhere. Yeah. In New York's museums. Well, she's、yeah. going to the right city. Yeah, definitely. Best best、yeah. city for museums. Best city.、Yeah. Period. <laughs> Okay.、Uh, before we go, I want actually mention、mm. that I put out an arrangement of Asian terrifying Asian films for Halloween. Oh, no, it, oh my god! Yeah, for Halloween. Amazing Helen. So there's a couple of、uh, recommendations of ghost or zombie films. The Ring is definitely up、Asia. there. From、yeah. Korea or Japan? <laughs> Seriously, Japan. if you if you think Hollywood does horror, fucking go watch Japanese Horror Man. You will never sleep one blink. Ever, you will never sleep again if you watch one single Japanese horror film. Honestly, yeah, yeah. it's that traumatic. Do you remember the rain when we watch it? Well, no, I didn't because I'm not. I wasn't stupid enough to、um, put myself through that. And also, I want to sleep at night, you know. But I do know that、um, one dear friend of mine.、Um, Watched the ring when he was like twelve or thirteen, and like、oh、my God. literally couldn't sleep for the next ten years. <laughs> It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't found anything to watch for Halloween, yeah, Helen has the list. One, pick up one Asian one,、mm. and you'll definitely be peeing your pants. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, yeah. It's like nothing else. So where will that be? You'll be putting that on Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five star rating, and we welcome listeners to send us your feedbacks or any topics that you would like us to explore. Check out our updates on our socials, and make sure that you share with your friends to help us to extend the visibility of Asian beaches down under. So we'll chat to you next week. Happy Halloween, everyone! Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Don't eat. Ah,、uh, and and go go blizz. Go bonkers with chocolate. I was gonna say don't eat too much, but I'm like, what? Everyone deserves chocolate. <laughs>